Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Danielle Gibson. Danielle is a confrontation expert and performance coach. Throughout her entire coaching career, the word confrontation came up repeatedly. So many clients said they are bad at or scared of confrontation and cared too much about what other people thought. So she took her natural abilities and focused on how to address this silent problem that so many people have. Danielle's two most exciting superpowers are being a fearless communicator and a strong energy reader. The two together enable her ability to simplify her client's thoughts and feelings almost immediately. She decodes the bullshit and made up stories that get in their way. And with all of that, she teaches clients how to use confrontation to their benefit. I had the pleasure of meeting Danielle on Clubhouse. And as soon as she started talking about confrontation, I was like, ah, you must come on Wickedly Smart Women. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much. I, I'm really thrilled to be on such an amazing podcast. I'm very excited. Thank you. Well, we are really excited to have you. And I know that you are going to bring our women around the world some immense value today. So let's begin by getting a little bit of a backstory on you, Danielle. Like what inspired you to step into the field of being an expert and a coach and doing all the things that you're doing now. Do you have a little backstory around that? It, was there something else that you did before and you had some kind of spiritual awakening, which is what my path was? Or were you always like the one uh, in between your brothers and sisters who were fighting or your parents who were fighting or the kids on the playground who were fighting? Tell us the story behind how you got to be a confrontationalist. Yeah. So the story was I had another life. Yes. Before this, I, I tried for easily two decades to fit into corporate America. I kept trying and I worked in all of the industries that so many people think would be the great industries to work in the music industry. I worked in beauty. I worked in TV. I worked in fashion. They were fun, but you know, been there, done that. And then I had took a break. I had a jewelry line for five and a half years. And, and then, you know, right around the recession that we had. So not a great time to sell a nice to have item. And then I, I had another, I went back in again to try again. And then it didn't, I had a sales job selling consumer trend forecasting information. Very interesting. And then I was like, I can't keep doing this thing that isn't right for me. So I decided to go into coaching because it's such an amazing springboard for other things. And about five and a half years, six years in, I started to, as you said in the intro, to hear confrontation come up over and over again. And I was like, what is everyone talking about? I don't understand because 
I figured out that everybody meant conflict, I think, or, you know, people would say, I, I don't want to sound stupid when I'm in a meeting. And I'm like, I don't relate to any of this because I was always a direct person. And, and on my website, one of the lines is it was very hard being a direct person in an indirect world because you get pushback. I mean, I didn't understand it. I'm like, I'm just talking like that's all I'm doing. But there was always a little bit that I wasn't comfortable with and I never knew why. And then I and, and I never actually found out why there was a piece what, you know, what was the common denominator? And then I found out that the piece that was missing was my concern, depending on the person of what someone was going to say back to me. And it was situational. And then I had a moment, a shift where I was like, yeah, I don't care anymore. Like, it doesn't matter what you say back. It doesn't, I became unoffendable, literally. And, and so once the clarity came with that, and then I started looking at what does it mean to be confrontational? What does it mean when you're not being confrontational? How much of you are you giving up? How much of you are you trying to fit and manipulate into any situation? How much of you can't you be when you're not saying what you want to say out of fear? So my definition of confrontation is deal directly with someone or something you've been avoiding out of fear. Oh, I love it. So much here. So, you know, part of what I want to talk about, Danielle, is do you have any kind of awareness of how it was that you were actually able to be direct initially? Like, is there is there a backstory around that, about how you were able to be direct? Because, you know, one of the things that I call this indirectness is pretzeling. And I know for myself, I spent years of my life pretzeling. And I would literally put myself into any kind of pretzelized shape to try and make things more harmonious. And part of that was because of my own background growing up in a household that was, you know, violent and alcoholism and all kinds of traumatic experiences in my childhood that literally, you know, I just did the best that I could with what I had. But pretzeling has been something that I've been spending the last 20 years trying to unpretzel myself. So I'd love to hear, like, how did you come to be so naturally direct? I've asked myself that question, by the way. And I'll answer you as best as I can. One, I grew up in a house where, not to get too much into backstory, but I had a fairly narcissistic, raging mother and who had no filter. And so, and a Jewish household where there's a lot of oversharing. And so she shared, she said a lot, but didn't tell us not to speak. So I was never told to shut up, you know, in, in the ways that you are, be quiet, don't speak this way, don't do that thing. So I think they're there because my brother and I both are fairly good at being, at saying things, you know, like it, it just, we can use humor, you know, because there's a lot of different ways to get your point out. So there's that. And then I have a unfortunately deep need to be myself. And that requires that I speak what I'm, what's going on for me. And that's as good as the answer gets. Like, it's just me saying things. Like, it's not like I have no filter. I do. But it's really about, like, 
one of the things that, that, that comes up very often when a client says, I don't I have to say this thing and I don't know how to say it and I'm unsure. And, and I say, say that, say to the person, I have something I need to talk about, depending on who it is, right? You're not doing this with the CEO of your company, but something I need to say, and I'm not sure how, to, how it's going to come out. I don't know how to say it. If you'll bear with me for a second and wait, you know, while I figure it out. Because it's in there, except you think there's a right way to say it, right? But right. there is no right way. There's your way. And so I'm digressing or I'm tangent, but but basically I think those are the two things. I think that I was brought up in a house where I wasn't told to not say things, but I also think that it, it's a for- speaking and being confrontational is a form of self-expression, right? It's speaking. And so the thing that made it really hard for me in a lot of ways to be in corporate was that they don't really care about honesty. <laughs> they're not really interested in your mm-hmm. opinion. And there's power and all this kind of stuff, right? So I think that it really was about just wanting to be me as yeah. As simple as that, I think sounds well. And and you you said unfortunately you want to you have to be you, but I, I actually think that's really fortunate because from my experience, both personally as well as working with my own clients around the world, and in the personal and professional development industry in general, like that's the exhortation, which is you know be be yourself, be more of yourself. And so many people are peeling off layer after layer of conditioning that keeps them from being themselves as they get to that core aspect of who they really are and begin to know how to express themselves and speak their truth. So I'd love to go down the path of just the vocalizing, like really helping people to vocalize. And and I'm going to use myself as a personal story here because I think it will be helpful for our listeners. I'm really good at speaking my truth in a business situation. I'm really good at getting out on stage. I'm really good at just, you know, working with clients, speaking truth directly to them. But in intimate relationships, it's literally like I sometimes feel like I have like a short circuit in intimate relationships. So when you're working with clients, Danielle, do you find that sometimes this confrontation piece is is specific to environments or is it kind of across the board? There's this adage, I'm sure you've heard, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So I would bet, and I'm not there with you, but there are business instances and other instances within the context of what you've just told me that you're okay with, where you're not, where you're still censoring yourself a little bit. Hmm. Just saying, based on my experience, based on my own personal experience, right? Hmm. So, but having said that, sure, in, you know, intimate or relational when it comes to your partner or your friends or family, which is a whole other it's the root of the problem very often. It can feel scarier, but let's just say you have an authority issue, right? Like, let's just say one of your, because this isn't simple, by the way, like the root cause of this isn't simple. It's not like, hey, I'm going to teach you this thing and it's really easy. It's not because we got to know what, what what's the source here, right? What Why did this happen? Like, when did you start playing it small, right? Because that's what you're doing when you're not 
making yourself visible, right? Like you're going to, you know, a lot of women were taught that don't, you know, keep your mouth shut. I mean, not me, but a lot. And, and, you know, don't you know, don't speak up. You don't want to be too much. You don't want to be aggressive. All of these things. I mean, whether or not you're aggressive or assertive is someone else's opinion anyway. So, so basically the answer to your question is simply no, it's not ever just in one place. Sometimes it feels more scary in some places and safer in others. And so without coaching you, the way that I talk about this when it comes to any relationship, but let's just say in intimate relationships is let's look at how you feel when you don't do it. Mm. Right. Cause you said pretzel mm-hmm. and I understand that you're manipulating yourself to try and fit into this idea of what you need to say in order for, for someone to not get mad at you in order for someone not to leave you in order for someone not to fire you. Right. Because it's always this fear, this undefined catastrophic thing that is going to happen when you open your mouth and say the wrong thing. And, you know, when people say to me, I don't want to come across as, st- I don't want to be sound stupid. I will say, well, are you stupid? Because I say stupid things all the time. I think it's hysterical because the jury's already in. I'm not stupid. And if I say something stupid, I can't believe I did. I mean, I can believe it. I'm totally going away from your question, but it's okay. It's okay. Cause we're at the break right now, Danielle. And I think that you answered ex- exactly what I, I needed to hear and what our women needed to hear as well. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to find out more about Danielle and how she helps people and we'll give you her website. But right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we could use some help. If you're enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. And we'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. I just checked our stats today, and we've just hit another great milestone. Um, We are welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world, and I want to shout out this week to our listeners in New York, where Danielle is, as well as to our listeners in, uh, let's see, we'll choose Mexico and the Bahamas and Denmark. And we will be right back with Danielle Gibson. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition, women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com.
And we are back with Danielle Gibson. You can find out more about her and what she does to help people be able to express themselves more clearly and navigate anything that requires some confrontation at theconfrontationalist.com. We will have that in the show notes for you. And uh, Danielle, what are they going to find when they get to theconfrontationalist.com? So they're going to find information about me, as you do when you go to a website, you'll find my bio, Um, you're going to find my definition of confrontation, which is um, simply to deal directly with something or someone you've been avoiding out of fear. As I mentioned previously, a lot of people, I believe, think it means conflict. And the thing about not saying something, not speaking up, not being direct, is, is the not part when you don't do it is when it usually does lead to conflict. Mm. And, and so it's fascinating actually, because the thing that people are so scared of is generally what happens when you, when you aren't yourself and, and saying what you mean and speaking your truth. And one of the things that's in there about why confrontation is because it is to me, the solution it's, it's the essence of you. It is being present in the moment so you can hear what somebody's saying and react to them, not thinking, oh, my God, if I say this thing, then they're going to do this and then I'm going to do this and they're going to walk away and they're going to hate me and my life is going to be ruined. And, you know, very often the the opposite of being good at confrontation is being a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing about people pleasing is that you're not actually pleasing the person you're not pleasing for sure is yourself. And you're not being yourself. You're abandoning yourself. And that is a learned behavior also. It's a coping mechanism. But basically, you're going to learn about why I why confrontation, why I think it's so important. You're going to learn how I work with people. And, you know, I have a, an Instagram account that runes along the bottom with little slides, like bite-sized, you know, ways for you to learn about what my definition is of confrontation. Yeah, well, so what I really love about you and one of the main reasons I wanted to bring you here is because you actually are are taking a word that is charged, confrontation, right? That so many people approach the word itself trepidation. And you are actually reframing the entire idea and the word itself and helping people to really understand. I think this point is really important that the not confronting is actually going to create that which you are fearful of happening and are preventing yourself from confronting. So I I love that you're doing that. And I want to talk just a little bit about being a strong energy reader. Um, So is that something that was natural to you? Were you born with that uh, capacity or did you have a spiritual awakening? And what have you done to actually improve your own capacity to do that so that you are able to not only read energy, but leverage energy reading to confront maybe your clients and other people along the journey? So I didn't know that I was as woo as I am. And when I say (laughs) woo, I shouldn't use this because it's not a bad thing and it's true. So basically my entire life, I remember my earliest memory of just knowing stuff. And I thought I must be crazy because 
why do I know this? And I also don't want to know it. There was a lot of stuff I didn't want to know that was also a contradiction to what people were talking about. Why do I like people that other people don't like? Why do I not like people that other people like? And I had a, I always remember hearing, you need to do this, you should do this, when I would think, and I would go, why is, if I'm thinking, why is it you? Who's talking? And and so it cut to 20 years ago, I learned, A, I'm an empath, which can make your life miserable until you know, and that I have high level of intuition. And I have three of, at least three of the Claire's, Claire Cognizant, Claire Sentient, and Claire Audience. So I receive information listening to you, although I have to say that what people say is the least true very often. Mm-hmm. And I feel it. I feel it. I hear my higher self talking to me. And so every now and then I hear a guide and I know because it sounds like a different voice. And then I, I just know shit. Like I just do. Yeah. So yeah. And then recently I had a visual. So then I'm, I'm going to tap into the clairvoyance thing. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, for me, I had a spiritual awakening and I was suddenly surrounded by friends who were clairvoyant. Right. And I couldn't see anything. Right. And I was like, well, I don't have that. I'm not, I'm not that I don't have that. And it wasn't until I read a book, I think it was in 2003, where the word claircognizant showed up, which I didn't even know that that existed. And then it was like, all the lights went on. I was like, Oh, my God, that's the thing I have at the at the strongest level is claircognizance, which is just like this full body instant knowing of whatever it is that you are using your intuition. And so, yeah, claircognizant, clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudient. And then one day I had a clairaromatic experience. So, yeah. um, Yeah. And I love that you are willing to confront the idea that this is like that we need to put it in quotes because I actually believe we all have all the Claire's. They've just been repressed, suppressed and depressed and we haven't been given the opportunity to grow them. So let's talk about um, why don't you give us a client story of somebody you've worked with who was maybe your, you know, scaredest bunny of of confronting and how you help that person to change and and what changed in their life as a result of working with them so i had a client who was terrified because just so you know confrontation is defined by many things one of the things that people will hire me for initially will be speaking up giving presentations public speaking is confrontation everyone who's listening, because everyone's, you know, it's fascinating. People are like, I'm good with like three or four people. And then I'm like, what happens at five? Like it's always three or four. So that's when self-consciousness comes into play. That's when, oh my God, I'm going to screw up. And so someone hired me because she more or less would black out. Like she didn't remember being there, which by the way, even though I've always been a direct person, I understood that because I, I experienced self-consciousness as well growing up. So I had this weird kind of push-pull of I can be direct sometimes and all that, but sometimes I'm terrified. So I understood. And so the thing that we had to do, as I said, listen, it's not just about the presentation. There's the before someone tells you you're going to have to do one. 
there's the, oh my God, up until the presentation, there's the presentation itself. And then there's, you're beating the crap out of yourself afterwards when you think you messed up. So we had to find out what was going on in her mind all the time, because the, the root of, of, of all of the problem solving that needs to happen in your life is you need to know that it's happening. And so in essence, you know, one of the things that you're really doing when you're confronting a situation is you're confronting yourself first. You're confronting you in that situation. And, and once you know there's something there, if you're that kind of person that's interested in feeling better in your life, you can't unsee it anymore, right? Once you see it, it's there. And, and so I help them see it. They see it before. One of the things we did was I'm like, put an alarm on your phone, have it go off five times a day, check in with what, what's going on in your head. How are you putting yourself down in, in your shame thoughts and things like that? So and eventually she got really good at not just that, but her relationships at work got better. Her relationship at home got better because she got out of her own way. At the end of the day, what I'm helping my clients do is get out of their own way. Mm, yeah. And so she came to me for presentations, but her entire life was able to get better because she was no longer focusing only on herself and how wrong she was and how, what bad things were going to happen. Like I call it catastrophic thinking because the end of the world is going to happen because you're some, you did something so wrong and misspoke, you know, like it's really, it's unfortunate, but there's so much freedom. Yeah. So much freedom. Well, I, I want to underscore ladies. What Danielle just said is the, the first confrontation has to happen with yourself. And I think if there's anything I wanted to pull out of this whole last piece here that I want to underscore, it would be that. And it would also be something I heard in the last little section about uh, abandoning yourself or future tripping. Like it's like all of this speculation about what's going to happen if I do this or that or something else that literally takes you out of actually being present in the present moment with what's actually going on with this other person who's in front of you or this situation that's in front of you, whether it's an audience or your boss or whatever it is. And so what I'm hearing, Danielle, is your main focus for working with people allows them to not only confront themselves and to increase their awareness, but also to increase their capacity to actually be present rather than be in fight, flight, fear mode. And so yeah. awesome. Well, I think you're amazing. If there's one more thing that you want to say to our listeners in one sentence before we have to close, I'd love to hear it. And then we're going to, we're going to wrap for today. Yeah. I mean, Listen, I think that it's really important if any of this resonates with any of your listeners that they, they, they seriously think about it because there's a prison that they're living in that we all live in when we don't, when we're not being ourselves, basically. And, and that includes saying things and to people that, you know, the, the sense of elation, I promise you, the sense of elation that you will feel when you do it the first time is enough for you to continue to do it. So just figure it out, find someone, 
do it, you know, like just hire Danielle, hire Danielle. <laughs> contact me and I, you know, it's fine. We'll just have a consultation, but really consider how you feel when you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We will have that for you in the show notes, along with the link to the confrontationalist.com, which is where you can find out more about Danielle. And if you've been pretzeling, I highly recommend that you reach out to her for a consultation about confrontation so that you can stop pretzeling and start being present. We also like to invite you to send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.